Welcome to Ladies in Red and Arsenal Women's Podcast. We are back this week to discuss two games uh, that took place over the last fortnight or so. Manchester City in the FA Cup fifth round and London City Lionesses in the Conti Cup. That game took place a week later than planned after the match was postponed due to a waterlogged pitch, but better late than never, much like this podcast. Um, let's jump straight into it and start with last weekend's game against Manchester City. Arsenal had had a commanding win over Watford in the fourth round, winning 5-1 to progress further in the competition. No denying, it was a very tough draw, um, getting Manchester City in the fifth round, so in the final 16, I believe it was. Um, obviously, second and third in the league, facing off so early in the competition. Great viewing for neutrals, but if you're either City fan or Arsenal fan, you do feel a little hard done by to be going up against such hard, tough competition, really, uh, so early on game took place on February the 11th at Meadow Park. This is actually the second time that we faced Manchester City at home this season. The first game took place in November and was, of course, a success for Arsenal, who came away with the three points in that 2-1 victory, thanks to a late Blackstonius goal. I believe she scored in the 87th minute, if I am not mistaken. So, um, yeah, like I said, it was always going to be a super difficult game this early on. But let's have a look at the team that Idevel picked uh, to face up against our league rivals in the cup we had D'Angelo starting in goal nice to see her get a game out I think she's been pretty underutilized this season we have seen her in the in the league but delighted for her to get a start back four was very solid I would say we had Fox at right back Wu Moy Williamson and then Katie McCabe at left back she's back following her suspension that she served for picking up five yellow cards in the league uh Cooney Cross and Palova were sitting in that deep midfield role with Manum in that number 10 Mead on the right, Ford on the left, and Alessia Russo started up front for the Gunners. So, uh, first half, I mean, it was fairly uneventful. There was not really much to report there. City started probably the stronger of the two teams, um, but all of their threats were dealt with relatively well, I would say. Ford also had a few chances, but nothing really came from them. Oh, yeah, it was, it was pretty cautious first half. There was no real clear-cut chances that were m- worth mentioning. Uh, definitely a feisty game, particularly on our left-hand side between <laughs> McCabe and Hemp. A lot of pushing and shoving going on, but I do, you know, it, up against big rivals, it's one of those games that the players really, really get up for and are really passionate about every time we take on City, regardless of the competition. Uh, there was a penalty shout in the 16th minute that came from Wooten Moy elbowing Bunny Shaw in the face. It was a ball in from uh, Man City's left-hand side um to be honest I didn't notice it in real time watching it I think we were lucky that there was no VAR I'm going to speak a little bit more about the role of VAR in the women's game now in a moment but I think we got away with one there because it was a nasty enough I mean upon viewing it was nasty enough to see um surprising I don't think we've always that kind of player and I hate when people say that about footballers but I think in this case particularly it's not a player who you would expect to um you know, be rougher to, to play unfairly, but it didn't look good on the replays. And I think had we've had VAR, it potentially could have been a penalty, even a red card there. So I think we did escape one there. Arsenal came out in the second half looking more direct and creative, I would say. Uh, they were able to put a bit more pressure on the visitors. Despite that, 
the visitors looked a bit more likely to score, won't lie. There was two big chances that came from set pieces. The first forced the save from D'Angelo and the second saw Williamson with a clearance just uh, in front of the goal line, keeping things level until the 75th minute. Um, again, that came from a set piece. It was a free kick this time. The ball came in, uh, bounced off Steph Catley, who'd come on for Katie McCabe, right into the path of Alexandri, who tapped it past the keeper. It was really disappointing, but I think we had a few close calls with set pieces and... Look, I'm not going to lie, it, it was not dealt with at all by Catley. It bounced off her. There's so much time for, for Alexandria to tap it in. Really, really disappointing. But that's all that this game needed. It was so tight. It was so... There was a lot of lack of creativity as well. Or, yeah, cautious is the word I would use. It was a very cautious game. So, yes, sometimes those games are decided by mistakes like that. And it was unfortunate, of course. Um, Arsenal's best chance did come then in extra time when there were six minutes added on. Pilova had a header that was dealt with very well by Keating, the young keeper. She really had a great game. She did as well back in November. Obviously, there was a slight mistake which led to the Black Stinius goal, but I do think she's a very, very promising young keeper. Um, and of course, the main talking point from an Arsenal's point of view was... Um, yeah, following a corner in the dying seconds of the game, did the ball cross the line or not? So the ball came in from a Beth Mead corner. And although Keating did get a hand to it, it appears that maybe it might have crossed the line before she fully caught it. So she was standing, I believe her foot was on the line and her arm was, um, so the ball came in from the left-hand side and her right-hand arm was extended over the line. Look, it's really hard to tell. I'm not going to sit here and say that 100% it was true. I you know the way that her arm was outstretched did look like the ball had gone over but it's I'm not going to say that 100% it's confirmed don't have the technology don't have the angles to say that just speculation of course um there was a lot of uproar in the stadium but nothing was given um you know it's one of those moments where you kind of go does the game benefit from technology so VAR goal line technology absolutely but going back to that moment in the first half the Wubamoy elbow that would have been reviewed and I do believe that we would have been down to 10 players and it could have been a lot worse for Arsenal. So look, game ended 1-0. Um, Arsenal, the 13-time FA Cup champions, were out. This is City's 10th win in a row, so they're obviously in very, very good form at a crunch time of the season. Really disappointing result, particularly off the back of our WSL defeat a week prior. Seemed a bit like crunch time for Idaval, you know. Uh, obviously, we remain in the Conti Cup as the current holders, and we sit third in the WSL, three points behind City and six behind Chelsea. Um, Yeah... It, it was a disappointing game. It was a really, really disappointing game. I don't particularly think we played poorly. I don't think they played well. I think it was just one of those games that was decided on a small moment like that. You know, the biggest disappointment there being that we are out of the FA Cup. So that's another competition that we're out of. Obviously, we're still there, thereabouts with the league, but it's not in our hands. We're going to have to wait and see what happens with Chelsea and City as time goes on. Obviously, we have to play both of them yet. Um, Both games are away if I'm not mistaken which is going to be very very tough but nevertheless it's not completely out of the realm that it's possible and of course we had the Conti Cup first though we had to get past London City Lionesses so as I mentioned the game took place a week later than planned it was a very romantic affair with the game being postponed until Valentine's Day uh, I mean if you're on women's football TikTok 
Twitter, whatever, you know the inside joke, I guess, of this game being played. I'm not going to go into it. It's not that kind of podcast. Uh, it did feel like a must-win game, though, of course, following two defeats uh, in two competitions. really was a statement. I do feel as though there was a lot of pressure on Eidevelt and the coaching staff, players also as well, to really bring it because without European football this season, there's no excuses for the players to be looking so lethargic, so uh, fatigued. I mean, I don't really feel like they they have been looking like that. I just think as I mentioned in the last podcast, there's been a tactical element um, of underperforming from Arsenal in previous games, particularly against West Ham. Against City, you know, you kind of look at the team that we fielded, D'Angelo. I wouldn't give any blame to her in the defeat. I thought she was very good. Obviously, the, the goalkeeper position has been one that's been scrutinised quite a lot this season, um, by myself included. Back four, I don't think we could have got much stronger there. So I think, you know, it's it's more about tactical approaches to the games rather than the, the the players that we have playing but we'll get on to that in a moment um let's have a look at our opponents because this is quite interesting london city lionesses so who are they based in dartford the team competes in the women's championships so the tech second tier, excuse me, of English women's football. The club was founded in May 2019 as an independent breakaway club from Millwall Lionesses. So they are the only club in the top two tiers of women's football in England to operate 100% independently, meaning they have no association to a men's team, which is pretty cool, I think. Um, Mentioned during the game last night, but despite slipping down to the, uh, the championship table, it is a really exciting time for supporters. As in last December, the club was sold to entrepreneur and Washington Spirits owner Michelle Kang for an undisclosed price. She is also the owner of uh, Leon, which is pretty cool. Uh, I mean, everybody knows the pedigree and the success of the, the women's team at Leon. So I think, you know, if you, you were to handpick uh, um, an owner for a club, particularly a women's club, she's the person to go for so really really exciting time for them despite that uh the evening that the game was originally scheduled to take place so last week um it was announced that london city would part ways with head coach carolina morasse if i'm pronouncing her name right and her assistant nicola williams so goalkeeper coach darren smith was then um forced to step up and take charge of the club's remaining games until they get a permanent coach in full time so this was the club's first time to progress to the knockout stages of the Conti Cup you know it's it's a weird time for them because there's there seems to be a lot of investment there seems to be a lot of um good experienced signings going to them but like I mentioned they're kind of struggling in the league right now obviously issues with coaches and stuff behind the scenes um Arsenal, on the other hand, you know, let's flip the script here a little bit. Arsenal, on the other hand, they've won the competition more times than any other team. Um, and yeah, this is, to be quite blunt, our best chance at getting silverware this season, um, given the situation of the league right now. So just a quick reminder, in the last five years, Arsenal have had one trophy, have won one trophy, um, and it was in this competition last year. Let's have a look at the team then that was fielded. We had Zinsberger back in goal. McCabe on the right this week. Wubamoy started alongside Codina at centre-back. Uh, Steph Catley on the left. Then we had Valti and Little returning to the midfield with Lacasse on the right. Pilova in that number 10. Ford on the left. And Blackstenius started up front. I was pretty happy with that team, to be honest. Great to see Valti and Little back. I think they add a lot of stability to our midfield. Um, 
it's not that I don't rate uh, Cooney Cross or anything, but I just think their experience is so valuable, particularly at this time. Um, I also think Leah Valti is playing the best football of her life. I really, really think she's looking exceptional at the moment. She's such a valuable player. I don't think there's many uh, defensive midfielders in the league who are as good as her. So, yeah, always phenomenal to see her in the in the starting 11 so it was a completely dominant performance from the Gunners with two goals in the first half to be honest it was a very comfortable performance throughout the goals did come late um in the half despite some very dangerous attacks from the visitors the first goal came in the 38th minute a corner taken by McCabe found the head of Blackstinius who sent the ball back across goal to be headed in by Chloe Lacasse just before the halftime whistle a poor ball back to the keeper invited Blackstinius to run onto it the keeper came out and took down the Swedish striker winning Arsenal a penalty Skipper Kim Little stood up to take it and slotted it home just before the halftime whistle. Second half continued in a very similar manner with the third goal of the night coming in the 57th minute, the cast getting her second of the evening. Arsenal's fourth and final goal came in the 74th minute thanks to Alessia Russo's header, her first contribution after coming off the bench. Now another notable substitution to mention is of course Viviane Lee. Um, who came on for McCabe to make her first senior appearance for the club. So overall, it was a pretty successful night. Uh, just a quick look at the stats. Arsenal enjoyed 66% of possession. They had 21 shots, eight of which were on target in comparison to London City Lionesses, who had only 34% uh, of the possession, two shots, only one of which was on target. So yeah, it was a completely dominant performance. But again, we have to look at the, without being disrespectful, the calibre of, of talent here. It seems that all our really good performances are coming against championship sides in the cups this season and we're struggling a bit more against the top tier um you know struggling to score in apart from Chelsea where we did get the four goals but you know a lot of the games are quite tight we're not really making the most of our opportunities so you know one thing I will say about this game in particular was the players seem to be playing a lot more on the wider um there was a lot more overlap um uh, actually as a center back was right on the left hand side at one stage it was really really um interesting to see her take up that role uh Kodina had a lot of um flexibility again i think it was the lack of attacking threat to put it quite bluntly from the opposition but the, the players had a lot of movement um a lot of freedom of movement across the pitch and were able to create more space to pull um, the defence kind of out of shape they defended pretty well I'd have to say particularly uh, Maloney in goal I thought she had some really really good saves 4-0 I mean was a harsh no I think we you know you, you look at the stats there it was definitely deserved Um, a bit disappointing for London City Lionesses but what can you do overall I think it was a good performance but we can't let this you know you can't get carried away with this. As I mentioned, championship side, <sighs> crunch time comes now as we progress in the competition, take on a uh, higher quality opposition and of course, keep trying to push in the league and stay up there, stay in amongst the, the leaders to try and yeah, put that pressure on City and Chelsea who might have slip ups throughout the season if they continue to progress in competitions as well. You never know. So how are things looking overall? Is it a cup half full or a cup half empty for Arsenal after we knocked out of one cup but progressing to the semi-finals in another? Well, I think we're going to have to wait and see really how the rest of the season shapes up. I think being knocked out of the FA Cup is pretty drastic. But look, like I mentioned, it's tough competition. You know, you're going to have to face those kind of teams at any stage. 
not really nice to face him now so early on and um, put a lot of pressure on the Conti Cup obviously but nevertheless we actually will be hosting Aston Villa at Meadow Park on Wednesday the 6th of March in the Conti Cup semi-final but before then what else do we have coming up well this weekend is a Big, big game at the Emirates Stadium against Manchester United. This is the first WSL match to ever be sold out um, at the Emirates, which is super exciting. Obviously, we had that last season against Wolfsburg in the Champions League. Um, so, yeah, really, really exciting. Hopefully, we can uh, get a win there, obviously. Otherwise, it opens it up to United coming back into the not even title race but back into the fight for top three into the European um football seeds if you will must win game obviously every game now until the end of the season must win game I don't have to say that I don't think but it should be a great game super exciting that is early on Saturday and uh, then we have the international break a lot of Squads have been announced. Leah Williamson is back in the Lionessa squad, for example, her first time being back since her injury. Uh, we return to Arsenal action on the 3rd of March with a home match against Spurs in the league. And then we have our Conti Cup semi-final against Aston Villa three days later. So yeah, it's a busy, busy, busy time for Arsenal. Of course, this is probably the most, I think, yeah, like I said, there's no point in me saying this game is a must win. This is the most important time from here until the end of the season. Now we have to keep fighting every game as though it's a cup final um, because it's in the league. It's not in our hands. And then obviously the Conti Cup is realistically our best shot at uh, getting a getting a trophy this season. I think we got a pretty nice draw against Aston Villa. Of course, you can't underestimate them. We did have a bit of a tough time against them at the start of the season. Um. But looking at the other side of the draw, it was United versus Chelsea. So to be honest, I do imagine that it's going to be another uh, Chelsea Arsenal final, just like it was last season. But who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Any other news that I wanted to talk about? Just some random things as well. Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen, but the overgrounds in London have had a bit of a makeover. I believe they're trying to make them a bit easier for users to identify what train they're on, so forth. Um and the yellow line, I'm not, like I said, I'm not really sure, but the Houston to Watford Junction overground has now been renamed to the Lionesses line in honor of the 2022, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, 2022 uh, Euro winning Lioness squad. So it's super, super exciting. Uh, we might did tweet out and say if there's any delays, please don't flood our, <laughs> flood our uh, mentions or comments. It's got nothing to do with us, but that's great. And I think one thing that, um, yeah, the FA and in particular in, in, in England, what they really, really do well is they push women's football. It's super, super impressive, uh, very admirable. And hopefully the rest of the world can get that kind of support going behind women's football. Another thing to mention, actually, before I forget, is um, just regarding speaking about the Euros and everything, the 2025 Euros will be held in Switzerland. And it was announced this uh, week that although 15 million um was allocated to the competition it's now been reduced to four million so significant significant cuts there to the hosting of the competition one thing i will say is switzerland does have really good infrastructure the stadiums are there so it's not as if they're going to need a lot of money to build or improve things there however at the same time that money could have gone into investing in fan zones or whatever just making sure that the competition runs as smoothly as possible and yeah to, just to be fair to the players to give them the best fighting chance at having a great tournament you know that's um that's really what it's all about at this in this day and age 
other than that, I mean, some crazy news coming out of Germany. Um, Wolfsburg midfielder Leah Oberdorf has announced that she'll be signing Bayern Munich at the end of the season. Uh, they reached the... Um, Oh, what's the word? The clause. I can't think of the word now. It's off the top of my head. Uh, the clause in her deal to trigger her exit from the club, which is quite shocking. I'm very surprised it's happening um, so early in the season to announce it. But, you know, each to their own. Bit of a bit of a rough season for Wolfsburg, having been in the Champions League final last season. They lost, obviously, Jill Roard to City over the summer and now losing arguably one of the the best young midfielders in the world in Lena Oberdorf. She is super. She's really, really great. Um so yeah, big surprises there, big surprises there. Yeah, I think other than that, that's about all this week. It feels like a very short episode, but I think I covered everything that I want to discuss. Obviously the big match is this week against United before we have our international break. So I'll be back next week discussing that hopefully with some good news and um yeah, looking to what's to come then following the international break. So that's all from me this week. Thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate it as always. Please follow, um, subscribe, like, whatever you can do across all the platforms wherever you're listening to this podcast. Really means a lot to me. And yeah, thanks again for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye.